They cheer him one minute, they don't care the next. Nickel! Nickel! Uh, I was proven uh, right about these fans yeah, being yeah. fickle. Hey yo, it's J.M. and Yee We watch wrestling weekly I style it stone cold like Stevie Believe me, I said believe me Keep it so breezy We make another show's uneasy when we come around When we step behind the mic Awesome reactions with the fans every night Like the man when she graces the ring J.M. Yee Fickle Fan Podcast Now I mean Fickle, 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 Fickle Welcome to our second edition of the Fickle Fan Podcast Fickle this is a uh, Yeeski here, and with me is JM. How you doing, JM? I'm good, man. Just recovering from that long week of WrestleMania week. Everything that went on that we'll get into in a moment. So you know, still recovering. I'm sure everybody else is too. I'm amazed that there are probably fans who attended all. I mean, they probably went to Takeover, the Hall of Fame, WrestleMania, Raw, and SmackDown. Bro, it's it's probably some that went to that went to the G1 Supercard too. So they had even more wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and they probably even went to Fan Access all yeah. the, all the days before these events. Yep. Well, there's a lot of wrestling this weekend. Um, we're trying to admit, keep our sh- podcast down to a reasonable length of time. Yeah, so we went long last to, time. Huh? <laughs> yeah, a, a little long. So we're gonna try to cut it down this week. We're gonna give our feedback on our NXT TakeOver show, New York 2019, and then we're also going to talk about WrestleMania. So let's jump right in with the TakeOver. Um, let's go over the official results. So the opening of the show was the NXT Tag Team Championship match. We had the champions, the War Raiders, and they were able to defeat the tag team of Aleister Black and Ricochet. Yeah, that match was white hot from the beginning, man. Um, they have v- great chemistry in the ring. We know that Ricochet and and Black got great chemistry, but the War Raiders, man, I mean, it, it just fit. Uh, two big guys. Alex Black is, you know, you know, he kind of not really big as them though, but you know, they just make Ricochet look smaller. But um, just the chemistry between them and all the stuff that they was doing in the ring, man, the the moves and the spots that they had. Um, but I think the biggest thing to take from that match was what happened at the end. Much respect that the War Raiders gave them, um, knowing that, you know, it was going to be their last match in NXT before they went to the main roster. So that's what my memory from that biggest memory was what happened at the end and that show of respect that the War Raiders had for, uh, for Aleister Black and Ricochet. Yeah. Yep. And Aleister Black and Ricochet, I mean, they've been wrestling together as a tag team now for quite a few matches now. Mm-hmm. So. They probably have uh, great things ahead of them. Yes. Our, ne- our next match is the NXT North American Championship match. We have the chal- champion Velveteen Dream, who was able to defeat Matt Riddle. Listen, Velveteen Dream is an absolute star, but I think in all the in the back of all of our minds, we're wondering, is Vince McMahon going to mess him up? I think everybody is wondering that. Matt Riddle. He looked like he owned to come up too. I mean, he already had a following before he got to NXT. But I mean, Velveteen is just that dude. I mean, when he came in on the couch the week before that, uh, you know, interrupting the match, and then this time when he hawked up during the match, I mean, I think everybody popped for that. Um, he's just a star, man, and it's just it's oozing all over him. So uh I enjoyed that match just to see them too. And uh it was pretty stiff too between them. So um, love that match, but I can't wait to see Velveteen on the main roster. Yeah, 
And I think I, I took a look at some NXT spoilers, and I think Velveteen gets a nice victory over another name in the upcoming weeks at NXT. Mm-hmm. Now, our next match, the NXT UK Championship match. We had Walter defeating the champion, Pete Dunne, and I think his reign of like 700 days is over. Listen, we know uh, Pete Dunne already uh, bring the wood already. I mean, that's what it calls or call him what the bruiser weight. And so um, and that was my first time seeing Walter. And, you know, we was joking about it the other day, saying he kind of like a 1940s, you know, uh, um, throwback. But, dude, just I mean, the chops. I just ridiculous, man. I thought, you know, some people on the main roster gave big chops. This dude. There's no way I would want to get hit with one of those. I just the way it resonated, man. And Pete Dunn took all of them. So much props to him. That was an excellent match. It was very, very stiff. Very stiff. That's one of the stiffest matches I've seen in a long time, maybe ever, between them two. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what Walter does, you know, uh, coming up, and if he'll, you know, ever get to the to one of the main rosters and what they do with him. But I'm I'm excited about Pete Dunn too. Now moving on to our next match. The NXT Women's Championship Fatal 4-Way match. And I think going into it, many people thought that Shayna Baszler was going to finally drop her belt. But it turns out that's not true. Because uh, uh, Baszler is able to retain by defeating Bianca Belair, uh, Kairi Sane, and uh, Io Shirai. In fact, she made um, Bianca tap out. Yeah, um, I was... Uh... I was kind of disappointed with the outcome of the match. I thought the match was awesome. This was one of the matches I was looking forward to. Um, I really like all four of them, all four of those women. Um, Shayna is a star in the making. Uh, she just puts fear in all of the everybody knowing in the locker room what she brings. Um, of course, I can't wait to the four horsewomen gimmick come to fruition if it ever does. Whole thing with Ronda. But back to the match. Um, I really like um, Bianca Belair. She's real physical in the ring. Um, real uh, athletic. We know that. And so I thought she was definitely going to lose that belt. I thought it was over because I thought she was going to show up in, on, you know, at WrestleMania or raw, uh, but that didn't happen, but it was a great physical match, man. The chemistry between all four of those women was awesome. Um, but I thought that it was time for Bianca to take over, but apparently not yet, not for the ENT, not yet. Yeah. And I think we're going to come back to two of the contestants in this when we talk about SmackDown with the Sky Pirates potentially coming up to the main roster. I wonder if that's who Paige bringing, but we'll see. Yeah. So now we're going to go to our final match, which I think many are calling the best match out of WrestleMania weekend, which would be the vacant NXT championship match. Um, Since uh, Ciampa got hurt and he had to vacate that championship, it was a two out of three falls match with Johnny Gagano versus Adam Cole. And I think we saw Adam Cole take the first fall and then Gargano was able to come back and take the next two falls. What's your take on that match? I thought for sure that Adam Cole was about to take that match, man. I that's one of the best matches I've ever seen. And we and that's saying a lot because obviously between me and you, uh between us two, we've seen a lot of great matches that span years back. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a huge Adam Cole fan, huge Undisputed Era fan. Um, I like Gargano, too. Um, a lot of physicality in this match. Um, a lot of great spots. Storytelling was great. Um, and really, you know, I really don't remember these two 
I don't have too much interaction on NXT, um, you know, in the past. But for them to bring this match together like this in that short of time, because it was supposed to be Ciampa Gargano, and they had to, you know, bring that match. But you talk about two professionals, so we we couldn't expect less. Um, but you know, can't argue with the outcome. It's going to be interesting to see what Gargano do with that championship. Uh, but I'm even more interested to see if Adam Cole and the rest of the Undisputed Era show up on the main roster, especially next week. Now, how's your take on Gargano finally winning the title and becoming Mr. Takeover? Uh, it, was, it was due. It was due, man. He'd been putting in the work. And um, just, I mean, the matches between him and Ciampa have been epic. We know those two. I mean, it's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens. Like those two connected at the hip. Um, it's like Sasha and Bailey. Those two connected at the hip. And I think the same thing with Ciampa and Gargano. But uh, for him to hold the belt now, they kind of had to do that because if these two are connected at the hip, it's kind of hard for to see what he's going to do without, you know, Ciampa being there for a minute. So for him to hold the belt, he's going to have challengers, you know, in that time frame. So it was smart for them to do that. Yeah. And the crowd was really hot for the match because they were 100% behind Gargano. And, mm-hmm. and usually run-ins are kind of like make you hate the match more, but it it kind of added to this match of Undisputed Era coming in, trying to screw over uh, Gargano, but then he was able to overcome everything that was thrown his way. I think that's why it worked. If they would have came in and would have made Adam Cole win, that would have took away from it because at first I thought that's what they was about to do and I'm like I don't know if I like this um as I just said I'm a huge Undisputed Era fan but to see them come in and kind of mess up that match if Adam Cole would have won that way I probably wouldn't have thought as big about the match but because it turned out the other way yeah it, it definitely added to it yeah and it seems like a lot of great wrestlers are coming out of Ohio yes <laughs> Columbus yes so now let's move on to the seven and a half hour marathon that is now known as WrestleMania. Ooh. And I believe there were 16 total matches in all. Uh, we had uh, four of them on the pre-show, the kickoff show. And then we had 12 on the main card of WrestleMania. And there was a couple surprises in there. What was your overall feel of WrestleMania? Um... My overall feel of WrestleMania was that it was a, I'm going to say, very good to great WrestleMania. I didn't really have any issues with the matches. Um, the timing, of course, just all those hours, man. I just I felt bad for, for the, the women's triple threat because that the reactions that they got in that match was solely because of how long WrestleMania had been. Can you imagine what would have happened in that match if it was the first match or if it was even like the third match? Um, You know, the reactions would have been a little different. They still, you know, popped hard for that match, but not as much as they should have. But um, overall, I thought it was a I thought it was a great show. Yeah. And I think they I don't know if they did it intentionally because everyone. It was the main event because that was the watch, the match that everyone had to watch because they all wanted to see Becky Mm -hmm. win. And I feel bad for the fans that were in MetLife Stadium uh, because uh, if we heard from the reports, the New Jersey Transit shuts down at 1 a.m. WrestleMania ends at 1230-ish. But a lot of people stranded at those New Jersey stations. Oh, boy. They couldn't leave. They couldn't leave because 
Becky had not won her championship yet. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like they was handcuffed. You know, uh, I, I'm sure a lot of them probably wanted to leave, but they couldn't because, I mean, that's what you're there for. You're there for two reasons. We all know they were there for two reasons, maybe three. They was there to see Kofi win. They was there to see Becky win. And maybe some of them was there to see Seth take that belt off of Brock. So they got the first two early. They had to wait for the last one. Yeah. And really, I think the thing I get out of this WrestleMania, the entire card, is that they really gave the fans what they wanted. They wanted the belt off Brock. They wanted the belt off Daniel Bryan so Kofi could have it. And they wanted the belts off Becky, or they wanted the belts on Becky off of Charlotte and Ronda. Yes. And really, the three big matches, the fan favorites won in all these matches. Yeah, and I think that's really all that mattered. All the stuff that happened in the in between was great, but we all knew about the three major points of WrestleMania, and they hit them all, so I'm happy. So let's run down the card real fast, the results. Um, so the opening match was the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match, where Tony Nese defeated the champion Buddy Murphy. Uh, yeah, that was a, uh, that was a great match. Um, the Cruiserweights always bring it, man. I think they get the short end of the stick a lot. Um, I don't really follow 205 Live a, a lot, but I know uh, that all the talent on that show bring it every t- every every night and every time they get into the ring. Um, they're very physical. We know they got the spots. We know that's not even a question. Uh, but this match between uh, Tony Nice and um, and Buddy Murphy, um, I think our friend our friend was talking about how you know Nice came in hot and he was just the whole match. It was just you you can kind of tell that he was about to take that. Uh, take that strap off of uh, off a of buddy so and that's what he did so uh congrats to tony niece man yeah and I, I heard some people say that tony niece was like the final original 205 guy and now he's finally got his hands on the belt wow yeah congrats congrats to him our second um pre-show match was the wrestlemania women's battle royale in carmella turned out to be the victor there i am so surprised about that so surprised but she might have been the one that i kind of forgot about because i was looking for oscar to win but we talked about that it probably wouldn't have been you know in the best interest for her i mean she already got her you know what happened on smackdown um i that surprised me but that's good but i don't know what they're going to do with that doesn't mean anything did it mean anything for for uh naomi won that one uh won that last year right yes yeah so did it mean anything for naomi last year yeah, yeah. So I don't really know what exactly does it mean to win that. So, um, you know, does it mean she's going to get another push? I mean, she had to strap for a while. I think she did great with it. Um, but she kind of tied it to hip with truth. So I don't really know what they're going to do with that. Yeah, I- I'm not quite sure because um, on SmackDown, Carmelo said that she's looking for greater things. So I actually was when I first saw the results, I, I thought maybe Carmelo was going to dump truth and maybe <laughs> latch on to Samoa Joe. <laughs> you know what? She might. I mean, we got the superstar shakeup. She could turn on him. I mean, because she I said she's looking for great things, right? And our truth, of course, thought she won. She beat Andre the Giant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's truth being truth. <laughs> so now the next match we had was the Raw Tag Team Title Match, where surprise, surprise, the Revival was on the pre-show, and as champions. They were the team to have to put over Kurt Hawkins and end his 289 losing match losing streak, along with Zack Ryder. 
Listen, y'all, if y'all listen, you listening to this, I'm shaking my head right now because I, I don't understand how the revival can just get get the business like this. I mean, they they I, I don't really what have they done? Have they done something? Because not only do you lose, but we know if it's what was happening to them before not getting interests on Raw, you know, um, putting over uh, Alistair Black and, and Ricochet um, and then you get to WrestleMania. And then you lose the belts. And then not only do you lose the belts, but you lose the belt to Kurt Hawkins, who ain't won a match in I don't know how long. Uh, you know, probably since the Ruthless Aggression era. That's what it seemed like. <laughs> and uh, now he wins and takes the strap from him. I just, I don't really know, man. I was I was kind of sad about that, man. I like the revival, man. I do. I like the chemistry, man. They old, they, they're a throwback tag team wrestlers. They remind me of the Heart Foundation. And um, just sad to just see what what has become of them. As soon as I was reminded that Hawkins and Ryder hailed from New York, I was like, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. boy. Rivals going down. Oh, boy. Now, moving on to the next match, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. Finally won by Braun Strowman. Here's another one that I didn't care about. Um, we all knew what was going to happen. It was about the whole SNL stuff. And I mean, you know, WrestleMania is about WrestleMania moments. So you can say that's what that was. Um, it was kind of a little cheesy to me with those two dudes being in there. Um, but I mean, they, they got across what they needed to. Uh, we was talking about how jacked Braun Strowman looked. I mean, that dude looked like a completely different person. So hopefully they, they push him and, um, you know, but I really didn't care about this match, man. It, it, it did what it was supposed to do, and Braun looked good in it, so here's what it is. I have to give props to Colin Jones because he's a great heel. Yes, he is. Out with his uh, Odell Beckham Cleveland Browns <laughs> jersey. Yeah, that was awesome. I had to say, yeah, pro- props to him for that. That was awesome. And they even teased that he might actually win the Battle Royale because he um, Strowman missed with a boot. And got hung up on the ropes. Mm-hmm, they teased mm-hmm, yep. it for a second. I thought for sure it was going to happen too. <laughs> but of course, we get the end result. Strowman destroys them both, and then yes. destroys Jost gets uh, his comeuppance, and he, now he's a battle royale winner. And then <laughs> we notice how heavy that trophy was. Yeah. Strowman did struggle trying to hold it over his head. He's like, I got it up. Oh wait, never mind. I'll put it back down. Yeah, I'm sure me or you probably couldn't lift that couple of inches off the ground, if that's the case. <laughs> well, I'm not even probably taller than the trophy itself. <laughs> right. So now we move on to the main card of WrestleMania. Of course, the opening is our host, Alexa Bliss. And she comes out to a great pop, and then she promises a WrestleMania moment when she snaps her fingers. And when she does snap her fingers... Out comes Hulk Hogan. He got a pretty big pop when he came out, man. I didn't know what to expect from, you know, the recent history of him. But, uh, you know, we got a lot of people, a lot of forgiving people. Um, I'm sure there was some booze mixed in with that, but I didn't hear it. Um, It's good to see, you know, the Hulkster back on WWE programming. We know that WWE is synonymous with Hulk Hogan, whether if you like it or not. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just good to see him back, man. I mean, stuff that happened, obviously, you know, we ain't going to get into that, but he did what he did. And, you know, apparently it's in the past for the WWE. And Hulk Hogan is always unintentionally funny. 
As he yes. Tries to tease and tries to pretend like he's he messes up intentionally, saying that it's referring it to the Silverdome, because <laughs> we know he messed up at the Silverdome. Yeah, so, so he has to keep carrying that now. <laughs> yeah, and and the problem is he tries to crack himself, but then he calls it MetLife Center. Yes. Which is a crackrack. <laughs> it's MetLife Stadium. So, yes, folks, MetLife Stadium. Get it right next time. So now you got to mess up intentionally twice. <laughs> yeah. And I, and the best part is that as Hogan's trying to finish up his little rah-rah promo about being the Hulkster, Paul Heyman comes walking out and just walks right past him. <laughs> Hogan's looking and he's like, I don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> so he finishes up his uh, speech. But then the cameras now kind of leave Hogan and start following Paul Heyman as he walks down to the ramp. Come on, Hogan. That, you ain't noticed this. You know how it go. Just sell it. Yeah. Because they I think the reports are that he actually didn't know Heyman was coming out because <laughs> they made the last second call to start the show with our next match, which would be the WWE Universal Championship match. And here we saw Seth Rollins finally, finally defeat the Universal Champion, Rock Lesnar, after three curb stops. And a logo. Yes, finally, like The Rock. Uh, I think everybody was relieved with that. Um, and it's nothing. It's nothing against Brock. Obviously, with his work rate and what he brings to the business. Um, you know, we all know what he brings, and he's a star. But it's just refreshing to see the belt on Raw. That's what you're supposed to have. You're supposed to see the champion every week. And we didn't get we we don't know what that feels like on Raw since they had the Universal Championship belt. So now that we see it, it's going to be a different feeling. And I think that's why um, people wanted it to happen. Again, it's nothing against Brock. I'm personally not a Brock fan, um, and that's just me. But I know what he brings, and zero disrespect for him. Uh, obviously, we know he's a great, great in-ring competitor and everything that he's done in the past. But it's just time for a change, man, and I'm glad we got it. And it was a nice match to open up the show. I mean, even before the match, they gave Brock Lesnar his heat by basically throwing Cephalons around into the apron, um, over the tables. And basically, I mean, you look at I think Seth's back. He had some welts on the back from the beatdown mm -hmm. for the match. Yeah, yeah. But then as soon as the match started, it was like two and a half minutes. And low blow, three curb stomps. Seth Rollins is your new champion. And of course, the crowd popped uh, crazy for that. That was a crazy way to start WrestleMania. The, probably the best way they could have. Other other way they could have stopped, started it with was Kofi, but um, I'm glad they started it with this. Yeah, and it was short and quick, and it got got its job done and got everyone excited for them. Yep. So now we'll move on to our second match. Here we had the uh, indie guy, AJ Styles, versus the WWE guy, Randy Orton. And here we saw AJ Styles defeat Randy Orton via pinfall. Interesting match, man. Um, a lot of chemistry between those two. Um, and the story that they told before they got there was awesome. Um, I thought it was great. They were greatly physical in the ring. Um, as we all know, we never know when that RKO is coming out of nowhere. So that's always something that we're looking forward to. Um but I, I really like this match, man. Um, but here's the thing, and I may not, it may not be popular opinion. I actually think this match could have happened on SmackDown. <laughs> I mean, it was a WrestleMania match, and they built up to it. But I don't think that it got to the point where it was something that needed to be settled at WrestleMania. 
it could have actually happened on SmackDown. Yes. Yeah, because I don't think there was any really um, new spots in there. I mean, Randy Orton always works the way Randy Orton works. And, mm-hmm. it, and I think the thing, it just told the story because AJ had been caught in the RKO numerous times leading up to this match. Yeah. And finally, I think AJ Styles smarted up and was able to avoid the RKOs. Yes. Yeah. So it was just run in the mill. I probably didn't stayed in like second gear the entire match, and it was it was a serviceable match for WrestleMania. They could have not had this match, and I don't think we would have missed it. Yeah, yeah. So now moving on, our next match was the SmackDown Tag Team Title Championship match. Here we have the champions, the Usos, defending against Sheamus and Cesaro, uh, the team of Nakamura and Rusev, and then finally. The NXT team squad, Ricochet and Aleister Black. And in this match, we saw the Usos uh, score the pinfall victory. Well, as we, as you mentioned uh, to me that they re-upped their contract, so um, that might have been something that was kind of slid in. There. Hey, if we re-up, we got to retain at WrestleMania. <laughs> Don't know if that happened. Just throwing that out there. But, uh, I mean, we know what the Usos bring. And to me, they're the best tag team in the, in, in the industry right now in my opinion just the promos that they cut just they look um they legacy um the work rate in the ring um so i'm happy that they retain here um the nakamura and rusev man we know they just a thrown together tag team um don't know what they're gonna do with them if they're gonna continue this or not uh but i thought it was a great match um obviously it's good to see you know alistair black uh, Alistair, um, Alistair Black and Ricochet in the ring together again for the that'll be what the third time, uh, so or however it was second time, uh, on, over the weekend. So, um, it was a good match, man. It was a real good match, and I'm I'm happy with the results. Yeah, and I think these uh, multi-team tag matches are fun matches to watch because because you have so many participants, there's always action going around. People get their spots in. I know you probably remember Cesaro swinging Ricochet for a little while. Mm, no, it was more than a little while. That had to have been at least like a minute and a half he kept doing that, bro. I'm like, is Ricochet going to throw up? Because, I mean, how did, he keep his, how did he keep his balance like that? Yeah. But the I guess the right team won, at least for one night. Yes. <laughs> yes. Smackdown, one night. things changed. So, <laughs> so in the long run, this match didn't mean that much, but no. it was a fun match to watch. Now we get to the real personal match. The one that probably had the most personal build into it. The Falls Count Anywhere match between The Miz and Shane McMahon. Yeah, that was, uh, we can see that it was real personal too. Shane is a great heel. Great, great heel. He brings the best out of people. Um, anybody that he, he goes up against, we know he's going to do some crazy spot. We were both wondering, what in the world are they going to do this time? Is he going to jump off the top of the screen they had at the ramp? Is he going to jump off the top of the, the top ring that they had, you know, above the ring? I mean, anything can happen with Shane McMahon. And the spot that they did um, where they were with the superplex off the top, because I was hearing it was 15 feet. I mean, and um, you brought out, was it you that brought out or was it um, – was it Omar that brought out about um that was like the first time that Miz had ever did anything like that. And I had to think back, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so to see him spot, No, and to see him do that, man, and the crowd popped for that huge. Um, but it was kind of crazy that, you know, Shane won. Um, 
with his arm being over him. But that match was a it was one of the great matches of the night. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, and it took you through the. I mean, both Miz was really emotional, intense, especially after Shane, um, like basically attacked his dad. Yeah. Match in the ring, um, and then a couple of the spots I remember. I mean, we know the finish where he superplexes him off of the top mm-hmm. into the the well, it's a little padded area, but still, yeah. just the visual of that was quite awesome. And then also Shane's bump where he is uh, flipped over and he lands on the golf cart. <laughs> and yes. I'm sticking on the golf cart. He bounces and hits the cement floor or no padding. So. I know that had to hurt. Oh man, just oof. that was that was rough. That was a little rough, man. That was a little rough. I, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I know the tops of plastic golf carts are all plastic and I think they're pretty slippery. So I don't know what was actually planned if he was supposed to stick onto it, grab onto it, or somehow, but it just looked like he bounced and boom. Cement. And it was interesting that after all it's said and done, Shane is the winner. Yes. So I don't know if this story is going to keep continuing or if, there, or if this was the uh, blow-off match. Well, we'll find out next week. Now we'll move on to our the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match where we had uh, the champions uh, Sasha Banks and Bayley defending it against the team of Beth Phoenix and Natalia, Tamina and Nia, and the Iconics. Uh, well, I think we came into this match knowing two things. One, Tamina and Nia was not going to win that, and neither was Divas of Doom. I think that was just for a WrestleMania spot, and uh, they, they did a great job in a couple weeks that they did it. So it was either between the Iconics or uh, the Boston Hug. And so it just so happens that Sasha and Bayley um, went over in this match. Um, I was hoping that it would be the Iconics, but I got my wish on SmackDown. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, uh, I, I thought it was a good match. Um, I think all of them had, you know, pretty good. They went, they went at it pretty good in the ring. Um, they all got their spots off. Um, it's just something is off about, it's really just something off about, I don't know what it is. It's just soft, something off about Sasha and Bailey, man. I don't, I don't really know what it is. That team they put together, and I'm glad they did. They gave them something to do because they were both, you know, not really doing anything before they did this. So I don't really know what it is. I think we just want them to feud. I think that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, and and I always feel bad because you know, I promise I keep seeing pictures of Sasha and Bailey taking pictures with the revival, and I'm thinking yes. that's not, that's not just a group photo. That's like the doghouse photo. Yes. WWE Doghouse follow. Yes. Yeah, I I, I agree. Wait, I think the, I got it. Yeah. What was the the iconics? When did they win those belts? Was that raw? What do you mean belt? Iconics. The, the, when did they win the tag team belts? <laughs> this match, WrestleMania. Oh, they won it. That's right. That's right. They lost it at WrestleMania. That's yeah, right. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Because Beth hits the super glam slam off the top. That's right. And then. My bad. Because the thing I loved about the Iconics is out of all the other three tag teams, they were like the most actual tag team mm. in that match. That, because that's were, why I wanted them to win. Yeah, because they're always talking to each other. And then at the end, it was a clever thing where um, they were able to sneak in a tag and then steal the steal the steal the win. And that's what type of that's what type of team they are. They're kind of like that sneaky. We're gonna get that quick win in. You know, they're not going you know destroy you and leave you and one two three you. That's not them. So 
I'm just happy that they got. They are very entertaining, man. I think they're gonna go really far. Yeah, I mean, there you you can tell they're the closest tag team because you refer to them as the iconics. The yes. rest of the tag teams you refer to them and that. Yes. Another person. Yes, Sasha, Bailey, Tamina. Yes. So that means they're thrown together. Yes. Okay. So at least uh, we'll get to see the first title reign, and then we'll see their first title offense on SmackDown. Now, moving on to the match that probably was the hottest match of the night, probably due to the placement of it in the show, the WWE Championship match, champion Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, where we see the B-plus player finally become the A-plus player and win this championship after 11 years of WWE time. When was the last time we seen a white hot crowd like that? I mean, that that was just just to hear them before the match, just to hear them during the match, after he won. That was just a, such a, a majestic scene to see that. And obviously the match was awesome. We knew it would be between these two. Uh, we know what they can do in the ring. I think everybody got reminded of how good Kofi is in one-on-one matches. Obviously, we've seen him a lot with tag team, and we may see him in a battle royal or the Royal Rumble, but we didn't really get to see him in long one-on-one matches until a few months, you know, maybe a couple months ago. Everybody got reminded of that. And so this was, to me, and it's saying a lot, because I was looking forward to the last match more than anything. But I am going to say that this was the best match of the night. Yeah. And it's it's amazing just to think this was only like a month and a half in the making. Yeah. To be like, and it was organic because it wasn't pushed by Vince. It wasn't yeah. pushed by the writers. Mm-hmm. It just happened. Kofi put on a good performance at uh, Elimination Chamber. And then from there, Actually, before Elimination Chamber in that um, um, the Gauntlet match, I think. I think it was a Gauntlet. Um, and then from yeah, there, mm-hmm. just people picking it up and going it. And then you have this great emotional result, and you got a, a guy that everyone loves. I mean, they show again the locker room cheering for him. And then he was able to bring his family in to sell Yeah. I think, I think in a, nowadays, that's really all that they have to do. I understand Vince wants to have control, and this is company. And if you're a good businessman, that's what you're going to do. He ain't make a you know few billion dollars doing nothing. But things have changed now, and I think the fans will tell you what they want. And all you have to do is just kind of put the pieces together to give them what they want. It ain't got to be paid off right then and there. But if they start seeing that that's what you're going to give them, then they're going to be happy. And that's really, I mean, fans change. So Kofi is, you know. He is what it is now, but who's to say in a few months is going to be that way? Because we know fans are what? Yeah. Fickle. Yes. And even this, even though New Day didn't have a match on the card, I mean, this thing, this story involved the New Day so much that just having Kofi win was like New Day winning all by themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's probably better than anything they could done in the card. Yep. Yeah, big time. So now we're going to move on to the shortest match of the night, the WWE United States Championship match between <laughs> Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. Listen, man, I remember we sitting there. You went upstairs to do something. 
by the time you went upstairs, it was over. I said, he put, it was a couple of moves, and then Rey Mysterio missed a move he did, sat on the on, on the mat, and I knew it was over. Coquina clutch, sleep, sleep, done, done ski, over. But then I'm like, okay, it probably got something to do with Rey Mysterio's injury. So, um, I mean, but it makes it makes Joe continue to look strong in which he should. Um, I think he should actually carry that United States championship belt for a while and just uh, continue to make it credible. I was going to make a joke that, you know, you know WrestleMania as long as Rey Mysterio f- fell asleep after one minute in the match. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So now we'll go to our next match. This is a kind of a little blood feud between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. And we saw leading up to us, I think every show leading up to this, Drew McIntyre got the upper hand. But then on this match, we finally saw who the big dog really was in the WWE. Reigns cleanly pinning Drew McIntyre. Yeah, man. Um, I like the feud between these two. The chemistry between these two is is, is awesome. Um, they should continue that, but of course we don't know what's going to happen with the, with the shakedown, but, um, I think these two dudes going up against each other is awesome and it can really build a long-term rivalry. Um, it's, uh, it's great to see, you know, Roman back on, back at WrestleMania at the big show. Um, it was good to see him there, but I would think I was more impressed with Drew and I'm becoming more and more impressed with him every show he's on. And I think the thing is, uh, Drew got pinned after, I think, just one Superman punch and one spear. Yes, he did. I'm a little worried about what the future holds for uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, well, did you think, I mean, well, it could have been anybody you put in that spot against Roman. That's what was going to happen, so, unless it was Brock Lesnar. But you could have put anybody there. Yeah, true. And it probably it was, I mean, I mean, the fact that the last match was short, but, I mean, people are still probably trying to recover from the Kofi win. Yep. So now we move on to, oh, I guess not a match, the Elias segment. <laughs> so we have Elias um, on the video board. He was in the ring, and then on the video screen, he had uh, two versions of him playing the drums and the piano. But Elias is interrupted by a Babe Ruth video. So I think when we were watching it, we were all a little confused, like what exactly was going on? And then we see the Titron play Thugonomics. Yes, um, I I really enjoyed this this part because just to see Cena still has it and he was throwing some uh, definite definite darts, some vicious bars at uh, Elias, and uh, I think that it was a great interaction between them two. I mean, Elias said that you know Cena was one of the people that he wanted to share the ring with and get a moment with, so he did, and uh, just to see Cena in that old school gimmick. And it's crazy to say old school when it was this century, dude. Like, it's only 2019, man. And just to say old school for that is is insane. Uh, but he pulled it off again and seemed like it was just, you know, natural. He looked, it was a little strange, um, you know, that is now. But I love the segment, so I didn't have any issue with it. And I think uh, Cena was all in on his gimmick. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he was straight face just like he was back. Back in the early 2000s. Yes, and he it, did not break character at all. And, and he even made a mention of the things that people always talk about him, turning heel, mm-hmm, burying yep. other people, burying yep. Elias. Yep. And then I love the that. Golden shovel. Was, yes. 
And I love the fact that he went back, he went to the old name of the attitude adjustment back to the FU. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So now we move on to our no holds bar match with Triple H versus Batista. With uh, Triple H's career on the line. And no surprise to me, Triple H, of course, uh, beats Batista. Finally. Okay, people, here's where the problem is. And I think this match also could have happened elsewhere. I'm going to say this match could have happened at SummerSlam, but that's just me. The match went on way too long. Two old dudes in the match. Okay, I respect Triple H. I respect Batista. It was good to see Batista back. Um, we were thinking how he was how was he going to be in the ring because he hadn't been in there for a while. Um, but he looked good. He was selling good. Um, the spots was good. I didn't really see any degradation in you know him not being in the ring for a while. Um, but this is another match where it could have not been on the card and I wouldn't have missed it. So uh, people were wondering, you know, or the seven and a half hour long mania, well, they could have took uh, 30 minutes of this out and you know, we would have been fine. So that's what I think about that match. Yeah, and I think it's the, no surprise, Triple H is in the longest match of the night. Yes. No, not a surprise at all. I mean, that's what he does. This was, yeah. It's about the younger talent, though, right? But okay. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I think it made it watchable is some of the spots that you probably didn't think Batista would put himself through, being a actor, a Hollywood star now. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, the ending was kind of, you just waited till Flair to come out. And then sledgehammer, and then the pin. Yes, kind of predictable. Yeah. So I, I think my rub on this is that yeah, it took a little too long, and it probably did. I mean, definitely didn't deserve to be the longest match of the night. No. And we drag it on. I mean, people at this point are probably. I mean, this is probably about five hours, six hours into the show. Mm-hmm. You're probably like, let's just get this over with. Yes, please, please get this over with now. Yeah, in reality, this actually had no meaning to it i mean no. triple h is he's still wrestling he can still wrestle again next year so we can look forward to another 30 minute triple h match <laughs> so now we come to our final match of his career kurt angle versus baron corbin and to the surprise of many baron corbin cleanly beats him with the end of days I think to the surprise of many, they went on with the match. I mean, I think up until the point where Baron Corbin came out, up until the point where he got into the match, up until the point where he actually went over on Kurt Angle, people was wondering, is this match going to happen? I, I think we was all wondering that. Like, okay, so when's somebody going to run in? Is Cena going to come back? Is The Undertaker going to come out? I mean, uh, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, they're actually going through with this match. But as we know how, you know, um, how the how the wrestling business works um, because we've watched it so long and now, you know, we have access to the internet and know kind of what happens behind the curtain a lot. Uh, we know that the older guys put over the younger guys. So um, according to uh, wrestling etiquette, if you will, that's what you're supposed to do. So um, I'm happy to happen to see the younger guys get, you know, the shine that they're supposed to get. Um, a lot of people hate Baron Corbin, but I mean, I like what he does in the ring. It's just, he got to change his wrestling attire, bro. Stop looking like you work at Fridays, please. Like that, that don't, that don't, that don't work. Put on some wrestling tights or something, man. Go back to what you used to do. Yeah. I think everyone loves, um, Corbin. If he was packaged properly. Yeah. I mean, he's got a great moveset. He's a big guy. 
So it's really up to the storylines. They got to give him something good to work with, especially now that they gave him this big win and he's going to be able to hold over Kurt Angle's head. Yep. All the time. And then, of course, Kurt's like the consummate um, professional mm-hmm. putting over Baron Corbin. Yep. And, he, and, and I still think that's not the match you wanted to wrestle, but he still followed through with it and let Corbin pin him cleanly. Yes. So props to Kurt. Yes, props to Kurt, man. Now, our second to last match is the WWE Internet Intercontinental Championship match. We have Bobby Lashley, the champion, going against the Demon Finn Balor. Bobby Lashley. Yes. Uh, you know, the entrance for, for Finn Balor was awesome. I love that entrance. And, I mean, I didn't expect anything less. Um, I like Bobby Lashley, man, especially since he hooked up with Leo Rush. I think they should keep that going. Um, this match was interesting. Um, it's just, it's, it's kind of sad how, where the, how the intercontinental championship has been treated over the last maybe year or so. I would say probably since Seth had it. Um, it's just, I don't know, man, there's something missing about it. And it's something missing about Finn. Me personally, they shouldn't have announced that the demon was coming. Just have him come out so he can get the pop. Why would you say, oh, yeah, the demon's coming this Sunday? Like, we maybe people kind of had it in their mind that he would um, because it's mania. But to just hear him pop up like that would have been awesome. But the match itself, man, uh, that spear spot from... Lashley was crazy. He hit no rope with that. Like it was clean. Like that was sick. Um, but starting to like Lashley and the Leo Rush connection, man. They got to keep that going. So on this Superstar Shakedown, please keep them two together. Yeah, and, and for me, the spot of the night was just his suicide spirit to battle. Yeah, yeah. That was just rough, and it made him look like a like a beast. And since Brock is leaving. I thought this would have been the perfect opportunity to put Lashley over to Bill him as the monster to be the the man who mm-hmm. finally defeats the demon Finn Balor. Yeah, he should he actually should have destroyed uh Finn, the demon gimmick, and then because would it really would have have hurt Finn if he did that? Eh, maybe. Maybe. But you build Lashley as that monster and he can be the resident monster now and he's legit. Yeah. I mean, he literally destroyed Balor for the first half of that match. Yes. Yep. Yep. He yeah. did. Yeah. And, and I mean, I dug his contacts that he wore in. It made yeah, Bobby that was a sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a sweet. Tougher or menacing. I wonder if he's going to keep wearing that. No, I don't think he wore it on uh, Raw. Or, yeah, he didn't wear it the next night. No. Oh. But the only thing is that I have to give uh, Balor props because they kind of tease whether or not he was able to powerbomb Lashley. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he did. Yes, he did. So after he did that, after he did that, I was like, oh, wow. He's actually going to win this. Right. And then the stomp and then the win. Yes. So it was a good good little match. It was short. So Mm -hmm. had its spots. So now they announced the attendance of WrestleMania, 82,265 fans in attendance for WrestleMania. Wow. So we can see why it was such a mess after WrestleMania was over with the one o'clock deadline transit. 80,000 people. So, yeah, that's a lot. So now we get to the main event, 
the winner takes all championship with the SmackDown and the Raw Women's Championships on the line. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Ronda Rousey. Um, again, this was the match that I was looking forward to. Um, such a great build for them to keep people's attention since August of last year. Almost a whole full year that they kept all our attention. Now, you know, some twists and turns here, some unnecessary stuff here with Becky being hurt and, you know, them involving Vince and them involving Stephanie and trips and all that. I think all that was necessary. The story built on his own. But we got what we wanted, and that was to see Becky hold not only one championship, but two. And that was something that they threw in within the last week. Um, so it was interesting that, you know, they threw in that championship. And now we saw, now we see Becky two belts. The match itself was, I thought, a great match. People are going to go and talk about the finish. Okay. Was her shoulders down? Was it a botch? All that stuff. It's like, I don't really look at that. Um, to me, uh, you know, a wrestling match is a wrestling match. Whatever happens, happens. Um, things are not going to be perfect. Um, I don't really dwell on that. The end result is what I'm dwelling on. And to see those fans go crazy, even though they had been there for seven and a half hours, um, pop should have been bigger. But that's another story. Um, but to see her hold two belts and the, the pyro and the celebration with her and how happy she was, um, I thought Rhonda brought it. We know, we already know what Charlotte brings to the table. And so I thought it was a great match, um, great, a great movement for, for women's wrestling just to see where they came from, to see where they at now headline of WrestleMania, not because they are women, but because they deserved it with the storyline and the work they put in. So major, major props to Charlotte, Rhonda, and Becky, two belts. Now let's talk a little bit about the finish. Um, so here we have um, Becky uh, kind of re- re- rolling uh, from the uh, Piper's Pit into a crucifix. Crucifix. Crucifixion. Crucifixion pen. And I guess the dispute we have is that the ref counted while Rhonda's uh, shoulders were clearly on the camera, not being down on the mat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you can say it was the angle because he didn't see it um, where he was where he was uh, counting. And you can kind of say that. But it was all about that one count because the shoulders went down on the one count. But it was yeah. on, on, uh, two, on two and three. And so um, does it take away from the match that it wasn't clean? And there's some skepticism about what went on. That's one way to look at it. Um, I don't really think the fans care. They got what they wanted. What it does in my eyes is that it leaves it open for when Ronda come back to say something. So mm-hmm. that's why we don't know if it was intentional or not. We keep seeing stories that Vince was upset and all this. Do we really? I mean, but see, this is what we want as fans. We want to be worked. So are we being worked or not? Was he mad? Was it supposed to happen or not? This is stuff that we're not supposed to know. So that's what I'm saying. Just don't worry about it. Just roll with the punches. Yeah, I think we'll have to wait till next year to see the uh, documentary behind the scenes of WrestleMania to <laughs> yeah. maybe get a hint. Yeah, I, I think the only problem that I had with the finish was that it was kind of anticlimactic and took everyone by surprise. 
Because yeah. you were going to think that at the end, maybe um, there'd be a lot more near falls. Because I don't think they tease a lot of near falls or at least get into submission where you actually thought maybe Rhonda or Becky or Rhonda or Charlotte would tap to disarmor. But kind of build up that moment. So, because I think most people are watching it and like, like, what happened? That's it? Well, the match well, is over? That's the problem with the two things. That's the problem. And you brought it up when we were over there. None of them have a finishing move where you can tease uh, near fall. They all have submission moves. And then that herein lies the other issue. It's a triple threat match. So you have no rope break. Yep. So you can't tease if that person is going to almost tap or if they're going to move to the ropes to get a rope break or anything because it's a triple threat match. So they kind of booked themselves into a corner with that because you can't really have any near falls with them. They don't do one, two, three pins. Neither one of them do. So you, you couldn't really have that. And that, that might have took a little bit away from that match. Yeah, and I thought it was a, kind of a hard pinfall for Ronda, who's not used to being pinned, especially yeah. not on a crucifix pin, to be able to get that down perfect, especially yeah. in such a moment. And I that's think a, the people... That's people a hard are, thing to do. Yeah. And, and really, the only people who are complaining are the ones who are watching it on TV, because we can see it. But I'm sure those 80,000 fans, all they can see is the ref counting one, two, three, maybe, and winning. Yeah, I maybe a couple people in their they they was on the right if they was on the correct side to see that and if they was in the couple first couple rows they probably could have seen it but everybody else I'm sure they didn't really pay attention to it. Yeah, and they probably didn't care, but it, they probably just got caught off guard that the match was over. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yep. But Becky gets her moment now. She's Becky two belts. Yes. So now let's move on to Raw Monday Night Raw. Because usually the hottest shows of the night that everyone has to be on is the Raw after WrestleMania. And we saw the debut and the returns of some of our WWE superstars. What was your takeaway from Raw? Um, I believe, I think one surprise was uh, Lars. And him, that was a definite surprise, him showing up. And uh, just to see him you know, show up, even though it was, you know, he put down ankle. Um, but just to see him show up was good. And then uh, Seth, uh, that was awesome. The promo he cut was awesome. But I think my highlight of the night, and actually both nights, was Becky and the Miss Strut strutting down the uh, ramp. Finally got Miss Lacey Evans finally got into it. And I'm really excited about this uh, feud between those two because they were already at it on Twitter. And um, but I think Lacey might is about to chew off or try to chew off more than she can. So we all know uh, Becky is savage on Twitter. So we'll see what she can do. She can hold her own. Yeah, and I think after I mean, we've been waiting for such a long time to figure out what Lacey was going to do. Yeah, and now we, we finally know. Yeah. yeah. And now she's she's spring all the way to the top. I mean, she's going tangling with the man. Yes. So yes. we'll see how the that man. goes. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, what was your take on the kind of the storyline throughout Raw? Champion versus champion, winner take all. Listen, Good I match. thought that match was going to actually happen. And I was a little nervous because I'm like, okay, Kofi went through all this to get this belt. Is he about to lose this tonight? And I'm like, they can't do that, man. But they could. 
Um, so I actually thought that was going to happen. But one of the things I thought was going to happen, and I, I think herein lies the issue with us fickle fans, is that we put into our minds what we want to happen. We do fantasy booking in our head, and then when it doesn't happen, we get mad. But I didn't get mad. Um, just a tad bit disappointed, but I had to remember that the shake the, the, the shake up is next week. I wanted the Undisputed Era to show up, and I thought they were going to during that match um, and put them both down. But to have the <laughs> to have the bar show up, man, it it, it was definitely anticlimactic. Um, nobody thought that it was going to be the bar. It could have been any. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking with that. It didn't mess up Raw to me. I liked Raw. I thought it was exciting. Um, just there was some weird things like whatever that is with Bray and that doggone. <laughs> Whatever that is coming out of the box, and then it's whole. Oh, that little bark. dinosaur, dinosaur yeah. puppet. <laughs> Dude, people was clowning that on. It was just I was dying at the responses, uh, the, the the tweets that uh, people were saying about that. But as far as the match go, man, um, I actually thought it was going to happen, and I was excited about it. I thought it would be a great match. But the thing I see now is that they're kind of teasing it, so we may even see it in the future. Will it be for the belts? Eh, probably not. But or. Maybe that might get put on the same show. Who knows? But but they came really with two belts though, so I don't think we're going to see it for the belts anytime soon, if if, if it happens. But I do want to see that match between those two though. Well, I can tell you the fans in the in audience hated the bar coming out. <laughs> Beach balls. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think it was like the wrong way to end because the raw after mania is supposed to be the hottest night. You start big angles and yet they recycled something and brought the bar back. You know, in that initial thing, I was kind of upset at the fans and I still am because you got the two people in the ring that you wanted to win your belt. So I think you should kind of concentrate on that, but it is the raw after WrestleMania and you bring in the bar to interrupt that match between those two for champion versus champion, a match people want to see, so it's kind of like they kind of got what they deserve. But at the same time, man, the fans got to chill out, bro. Like, you just, you can't, you can't. The beach balls and the, the CM Punk chants and the, the wave and all that stuff, like, taking over the show, man. That's just, that's just not right, man. When you got the talent in the ring working hard like that. But, I mean, one side is that. The other side is don't bring the bar out to interrupt that match in New York at the Barclays out of, out of all places. Whatever. Yeah, and a couple other things is that we finally saw the revival really get buried because they lost again. Oh yeah. To Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, so they have a two-win streak. Two nights in and a then row. also, yeah. And then we had the return of Mr. Sami Zayn as well. Oh and, yeah, I forgot about that. That was awesome, <laughs> and nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. That was awesome because everything he said, he spoke absolute truth. And when I was thinking that, I'm thinking, man, just just another version of fickle fans. And he is absolutely right. I can't wait to see what other promos he cut. Yeah. So Sammy's back as a heel. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty much the wrap up of Raw. I mean, Raw, I find, mm-hmm. I think the problem with this Raw is that usually the Raw after Mania is the big Raw. You got debuts left and right. You get new direction, everything. Yeah. But then we have they kept advertising the superstar shakeup next week. So it kind of made this like a filler raw just to take up the time for the superstar shakeup. Well, it's just like we said before the show, it was kind of like the Pro Bowl. 
You know, it's no really direction. It's an exhibition. You know, no real, you know, no real rivalries with teams. The game don't mean nothing. So that's kind of really what it was. I mean, people was like, oh, is the brand split over? But you got to think about it. They got the shake up next week. So, I mean, you're going to see a lot of people that don't belong because they want to keep the show exciting. So, yeah, I think someone is keeping count. It's like almost like, I think going through SmackDown, it's like 29. Cross appearances from superstars, not respecting <laughs> the bands, but in the last three months. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully it ends uh, next week, or they figure out what they want to do. Well, yeah. with them going to Fox, I think they're gonna kind of stick to it pretty strict coming up this year. So now we move on to the last WWE show of the week, SmackDown, and we had a couple things happen on SmackDown. We had the Usos surprisingly dropping. The tag team titles to the Hardys. Yeah, there was a question on Twitter I seen earlier. It might have been from Cage side. Um, and they were asking, do, you know, with the Hardys winning the belts, are people really invested in them like that? Um, it was surprising to see the Usos drop it that quick. I thought they was going to run with it for a while. Um, I don't really know what the plan is. For um, the Hardys, I mean, if you have the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, we know they can't go anywhere for the uh, shake shake up. So um, I don't really know what to plan. I mean, what other besides the Usos and New Day? Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it's pretty stacked. Maybe they might bring, you know, p- try to push a n- another tag team. Maybe Sanity. Maybe you know somebody else that comes up up from NXT. Maybe somebody moves from Raw. They'll challenge them. We don't really know. So there's a lot of questions with that. I was surprised to see that, though. Real surprised to see that. And then they kill the Hardy celebration by having Lars Sullivan arrive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah I, well, I think that one probably made more sense and was uh, a little bit more effective than the Kurt Angle one. That one really didn't make too much sense. But this one, I can see this one. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And then we also have uh, the Iconics defend their, make their first tag team title defense against an undefeated Brooklyn Bells who were 45 and 0 yeah. prior to this match I thought for sure that this was bought they was going to it was going to be a tag team from Smackdown that was going to come was going to get a match but then when I seen the local talent in the ring I'm like well you know what this is on par for for the Iconics man and uh they listen they looked crisp her in the ring on SmackDown for some reason. The Iconics did. Like the moves that they was doing and the tag team moves that they was doing and, you know, tagging in and out and uh, and just, I mean, they look good. They look, actually, that to me, they look better on SmackDown than they did at WrestleMania. Like, they, well, it was a squash match, so it's hard yeah. to really tell because they, they got in all their offense and didn't have to... Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. I, I'm just happy that they got the belts, man. They are they are uh, another addition to the reason why I want to watch um, Raw and SmackDown since they're going to be defending the belts on both shows. Um, well, I want to watch both of them because I mean I I'm just I, I love them. I really do. And then another little thing that they threw in on SmackDown was uh, Samoa Joe almost choking out. Braun Strowman. He gets, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, that that was uh that was interesting, man. Almost. I wonder if they're gonna have some interaction between those two. So I, I think they might be teasing some stuff maybe for next week's Superstar Shakedown to see mm-hmm. uh uh who goes where. Yeah. Um and then we had the uh the main event ended up being the new day, all three members versus Seamus, Cesaro, and Drew McIntyre. And I think the main thing here was that I, I think Drew McIntyre might have got hurt because he had to leave that match pretty early. Yeah, you hate to see that if that's the case. Um, I I didn't see anything earlier um, on Twitter or anything about it, but it wasn't like I was actually looking for it either. So I don't know what the case is, if it is, if you heard or how bad it is. Hopefully not, because I uh, just don't want to see that again. And we know what he'd been through before, you know, NXT. And so um, I hope he not. Yeah, I, I I heard some reports that he might have been hurt because he was uh, walking out not the way the wrestlers usually exit up the ramp, oh. but he took the side route okay. and he was limping. So Ugh. hopefully nothing too bad. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and I thought I mean this once again was just another filler episode, um, uh, leading into uh, next week's uh, SmackDown. So now I do have one question. So there's recent news about Sasha Banks. How worried are you about Sasha? If there's one thing you know about me, it is I am a huge fan of Sasha, right? Um, she for 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 everybody out there, she is probably the sole reason why I restarted watching wrestling about five years ago, um, as well as the other horsewomen. Um, but her in particular, um, and to see, you know, all these years of what she's been through and all that stuff, uh, and to see her become one of the top talents. And then now recently to hear this, I mean, I, I tweeted earlier that everything, you know, I remember her saying that if she wasn't, you know, in the main event of WrestleMania, how upset she would be. And I, I, I know she was re- truly truthful about that because we know how competitive she is we know how she feels about the business and then so she wasn't number one number two you have somebody that wasn't in wrestling about you know a little more than a year ago now in it now in the main event you have somebody that was kind of getting buried in becky but then became this big star now she's in it then charlotte who always gets the opportunities now she's in it and she's and sasha is not so she wasn't in it. Then she lost the belts, tag belts. So a lot going on with her. But I, I got to say, man, I'm a little worried because she was supposed to be on what show? Wendy Williams. She wasn't. Yeah, she was supposed to be on Wendy Williams, right? And she wasn't on that show. Uh, I think that's probably the most alarming thing. Um, she's a professional. So for her not to be on the show, it had to be something huge. Uh, I got to say, man, I'm a little worried. I'm a little yeah. worried. Because I think the first report was that the Wendy Williams shows, their producers were very upset. But then I heard today Wendy Williams said that Sasha couldn't make it because of a family emergency. But I I don't know what exactly happened. And it's interesting because there's actually heat between two of my favorite uh, WD women superstars, Alexa Bliss and <laughs> Sasha Banks. So, you know what? I really prefer if they just keep the heat on TV and keep the heat backstage away so they can actually have a, a match against each other. It'd be pretty interesting if they wrestle each other. I mean, Becky doesn't need two belts. So, you know, Becky, share. Give your belt back to Alexa or give your belt back to Sasha and let them feud over it. 
Yeah, I think we all want to see Sasha in singles action. We know how big of a star. And I'm going to I'm going to say this right now. What Becky is doing right now should actually be Sasha. We know how bad her push has been over the last year. And it's really it should actually be Sasha. But I'm of course, I'm ecstatic for Becky. And she came out of nowhere with the man gimmick and everything. And she's probably my favorite uh, wrestler right now. But always got a heart for Sasha. And uh, so I kind of wish it was her. Um, but to see this this feud between her and Alexa, I don't really know. Like, like, yeah, is it, you know, they got beef, like, for real, is what, you know, we all know. So, or at least we heard. So, But they're professionals, and they've, they've wrestled before. So, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, hopefully they'll wrestle again. And I think, it like, it's the same thing with Brock Lesnar. When Brock Lesnar's around, he kind of has to have the universal belt because he's such a monster. And it's the same way with Rhonda. Mm-hmm. As long as Rhonda's around, she's that built up that superior than the rest of the the women's, the other women's in the division. So the belt can't really bounce around too much. Yeah. But now that Becky, we know, is beatable because um, Asuka submitted her not too long ago. So I think, I think eventually, I'm hoping sooner than later, they get one of the belts off Becky. So that they can get more of the women involved in the title hunt. They're going to have to revisit that Oscar thing at some point, because I mean, if you're going, to, if you're the man, you we all know that you got at least one Achilles heel. So you're going to have to visit that at some point again. Well, I think that will bring our uh, podcast to a wrap. Unfortunately, we still were not able to hit the under one hour mark. I think we're about an hour eighteen minutes in or so. So, but I guess we had a lot of shows to cover because we covered yeah. Takeover, we covered WrestleMania, Raw, and SmackDown. Listen, next week for sure, it'll be under an hour. I can guarantee you that because we don't have a seven and a half hour show to cover <laughs> to cover the matches for. So it'll be basically be uh, Raw and SmackDown that we're covering. So uh, fans, it'll definitely be under an hour. We know how important your time is. So yeah. I mean, this week we kind of covered 15 and a half hours of WWE programming. Yes, and we did it in an hour. A little bit over an hour. hour. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a wrap. I'm Iski. And I'm JM. And we'll catch you next week. Peace. Stickle!